Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. We're in this series, the, the Seven IMs of Jesus, uh, out of the book of John. And, and, you know, lots of people say what Jesus is. And this is what Jesus is saying about himself. I am. I am the light. I am the way, the truth, the life. We talked about that last Sunday night. Um, you know, it, there's, there's seven of them there. And I think we've got them up there if you want to go next screen, Jarrett, um, Gareth. Um, you know, I'm the good shepherd. We're not going to do the bread of life in the gate. I, I've... I'm probably just over it, really, and uh, you can you can look that up yourself. And uh, uh, but this morning we're going to do I am the vine, and uh, uh, no, in fact I'm I'm not that irreverent. Well, probably am, but uh, uh, but no, it's going to be a break for about three weeks. So I thought oh, I won't try and do this series after that. So so this will be the last one. The series I am the vine, and. Uh, the scripture we'll probably be coming back to regularly through this message is, is John 15:5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, so the context of this John 15, you know, it, between John 13 to John probably 18, five chapters, is just one night. Just one night. Jesus, the last night of his existence with the disciples before he gets crucified. This is the last night. Now think about the importance of this. If this was your last night and you knew tonight was the last night you had on this earth, what would be the things you would want to do? What would be the things you would want to say? Who would you want to talk to? This is the context in which we get dropped into this scripture. You know, and so between the for five chapters, so the book of John's only 21 chapters, and five chapters is one night, the Last Supper. And, and this is where Jesus is speaking, sowing into, positioning, encouraging, preparing his, his disciples. And, uh, and this is one of the parts of it. You know, in, in John, you know, John 13, basically he, he's, he's just sort of saying, well, this is what, how I want you to act. You know, and so they come to, do, to the Last Supper to the room and, and he gets down and takes his clothes off and puts the, the apron on and gets down on his hands and knees and starts washing feet. Well, what's the significance of that? Like, this is his last night on earth and he knows it. Can you, can, you, can you feel the significance of what he's saying? I came to serve, not to be served. And as Christians, we sometimes think it's the other way around. I come to be served, not to not serve me, not to serve you. As people, we think that way. And Jesus said, "No, no, it's the wrong way round." That's why he washed the disciples' feet before they had the meal together. You know, in John fourteen, he's he's caring and comforting for these disciples, and he declares, "I'm the way, the truth, the life." That's who I am. You know, there, there is the world's way. There is man's way, there is your way, but then there's God's way. And it's very different to the world's way and to our way very often. And we need to look to what God says, how we're supposed to live our lives. And he emphasizes that and he rams that home to them. 
And so that they, they, they really, at the end of that, that meal, the end of that chapter of John 14, this last verse, it says something like, come let us leave, come let us leave. And you go, okay, where are they going now? Where are they going now? And, and, and Judas had already been sent off. And, and basically Jesus knew that he was going to his death. Basically he was going to be arrested. But they had this habit of going and meeting together, hanging out, spending time at the Mount of Olives, the, the Garden of Gethsemane. And basically Ju- that's why Judas knew where he, he'd get him. He knew where he could take the soldiers to, to, to capture Jesus later on. And on the way there, this is the way I, I read it anyway, on the way there in John 15, they're walking to the Mount of Olives. They're, they're, they're walking to this place. Jesus knows he's walking to potentially his death very soon. And he starts talking about a grapevine. He starts talking about the vine. And, and this is the way I think about it, as, as they're walking through the countryside. They walk through a vineyard. He starts to use the vineyard as an example to the disciples, the way they're supposed to live their lives. And I believe, you know, this picture, there's a, there's a picture there somewhere, I think, there of, of in the night time. They're just, it's, it's night, most likely, maybe twilight, but they're walking to the Mount of Olives and they walk through this vineyard. And Jesus starts to speak to them. I just want to read, I don't know how much I'll read, but I'll read some of John 15 for you this morning just to give some some more, more context to it. It says this. This is Jesus. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that will be even more fruitful. You see, just in that little section, it's talking about no fruit, fruit, and even be more fruitful. We all want to be more fruitful in our lives, I think. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This is the branch. This is the uh, branch. This is the verse we'll keep coming back to. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is my father, to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father's loved me, I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I've told you this, though, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete my com- command is this love each other as I have loved you and I won't read any further love each other as I have loved you and this verse this I want to go back to this verse 5 I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you you'll bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing I thought, what am I going to say now? It's so self-evident, this, this I'm the vine, you are the branches. You know, he's talking about the connection between the branches and the vine. Now, this obviously isn't a climber, but it's the closest thing I could get that would actually uh, work in this example. And here's the other thing. Oh, that song this morning, this, I, I, I was crying over there. It was just beautiful, the new wine song. 
But I thought about this. You don't actually don't get wine from grapes without it being crushed. There needs to be a crushing going on. There needs to be, there's a squeeze, there's a pressure that goes on. Before we get the new wine, there's a pressure that has to happen in our lives. So don't be surprised when you're under pressure. Don't be surprised when there's stuff going on. To get the new wine, you have to go through the press before you get to that. So, so I just thought I'd, I'd say that. That's, seed went somewhere. Um, so, so Jesus is talking about to the disciples and to us about the connection between the branches. We're the branches, he's the vine, and the father is the gardener, and, and he's saying that. And this, there's a connection between the vine and the branches. It's like the lifeblood for the fruit in our lives, as we, the fruit we bear as Christians in our lives. And we have to recognize we can do nothing fruitful if we're apart from him. And it's an amazing, amazing word picture as you think about this, consider it. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine and you, my people, are the branches. Together, we, the church, in unity, in harmony, because we are connected to Jesus, there's a commonality, there's a, a, a fruit that comes together as we meet together. We're the branches that come out of the vine. And, and I, I got this great quote, and I've used it a few times in church, but I just like it. Um, it's it's A.W. Tozer, and it's from the, the, the book, The Pursuit of God. And he says this about unity. There can be union without unity. Tie two cats together by their tails and throw them over a clothesline. Now, I'm not saying to do that, but uh, there, there, there's, there's union, but there's not unity, right? Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? It's a stunning, stunning thought. They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard which, with which each must individually bow. So 100 worshippers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscience, conscious and turning their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. I hope you're hearing this. The vine is our, where we get our fruit from. And as we get connected to the vine, who is Jesus Christ, as we connect with that, the outworking of that, the consequences of that, the, the flow is the fruit that we get as a consequence of that. And there's this unity that comes as we meet together as the body of Christ, not because we all love each other or like each other even, even though that's what God, Jesus tells us to do. It's because we love each other because of he loved us first. It's because of the vine, the center of, of what that is based in. It's a unity that comes out of our connection with Jesus. And don't ever forget that you can't, that's why sometimes ecumenical things struggle, you know, because we're all coming from slightly different places and, and you want unity, but it's just like it's, it doesn't fit so well. And, 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 and nothing, there's nothing wrong with those because I meet together regularly with the ministers. In fact, can I say this? There's more unity between the ministers right now than I think there's ever been since I've been up here. There, there's a, just a, a connection, there's a, a honesty, a, a Oh, no, transparency, authentic. it's authentic. It really is. We're not putting on a show. We're not, there's no facade. We're actually saying what we really believe and think in these meetings, which is wonderful because it hasn't been that way for most of the time I've been up here. So it's, it's a great thing. But, okay, so why is being connected so important? 
Let's have a look at the first verse in this chapter, 15. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. Jesus is the true vine and God the father is the gardener. You know, and, 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 and so logically thinking, if there's a true vine, there must be a false vine. If there's a true vine, there must be a false vine, right? And here's the question for you here this morning. What false vine are you pursuing? Are you connected to? And how may you test if that's a false vine? It actually would, would be, the test would be, does it connect you more with the true vine, Jesus Christ, or take you away from the true vine? If it's a false vine, it will take you away from Jesus. It will get your, your thinking, your, 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 your demeanor, your, the way you do life. It'll make you be, fall away from the new vine, you see? And, and, and part of the, Jesus, of course, Jesus is the head and, and we are the body, the Christ. So, so it's part of the church's deal as well. You know, it's not just Jesus, it's the church. Um, that's what's represented on this earth. So how, how, are you, how are you doing with your false vines? What, what is the false vine that might be in your life? You know, and there's lots of different things we could think about. And there's different, there'll be different things for different people. So I can't tell you what that is in your life, but it might be things like materialism. It might be possessions. It might be status symbols. It might be the house, the car, the boat, the toys. It might be social media for you. It might be just this... Con- consumption with the social media thing, everyone else's opinions, and maybe it's your own personal image thing that you, you're so focused on, maybe it could be sport, it could be lust, it could be alcohol, it could be work, it could be many other things, you know, things that are good things, but if we worship them, if we're connected so much to them that it takes us away from the true vine, it's not a good thing, it's not a good thing, you know, the word so clearly says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then you'll be given all these other things after. You see, if we put those other things first in seeking that out, you lose the God factor. You lose that that that, that is going to be given to you, the ease, the grace that comes as a consequence of that. You know, verse 2 goes on. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's a harsh verse. You know, and, and, and how do I preach that? How do I you know, with grace, you know. And, and I thought, look, I'm going to look at some Greek words on this and just see what it's all about. And, and you know, this word cut off is also in another version called, uh, said, taken away, removed. And it's suggesting judgment, right? As I was reading and I, I looked at the Greek word for cut off, it's eros. And, and that, that word's got lots of meanings. And, and one is to be taken away and removed. But another meaning that's used a lot in the Bible, actually the most in the Bible for eros, is actually to be lifted up. Think about this. If we were placed cut off with lifted up, he lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit. That changes it all. You see, if there's a, a branch here that hasn't got fruit on it, it's all got fruit, actually. If there's a branch here that hasn't got fruit because it's bent, it's, it's in the dark, it's down the shadows, it's down the ground, whatever, God says, no, no, I'll lift you up. I'll lift you up and put you in the light. I'll put you up in the light so you can start to fruit in your life. It's a very different perspective. You see, in our history, um, we owned a wholesale nursery. And uh, we, we, you know, just felt like it was a good thing to do for a couple of years. And we just bought this wholesale nursery and had no knowledge about plants at all. And and just took on this this nursery. And it was sort of a couple of acres of hothouses and, and a 
propagation igloo and, and a heated bench. And, uh, um, <laughs> and so I learned a lot about plants very quickly. I, I started a horticultural degree. I thought, oh, I don't need all that stuff, the, the diploma. And, and uh, anyway, we, we grew lots of indoor plants. We, we grew them for retail nurseries, supermarkets, hardware shops, like all that sort of stuff. And uh, had a great... I, I love the nursery trains. They're beautiful. They're just great people. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to say? So we grew all sorts of plants. You know, the climbers and indoor plants and, and all sorts of different ones you can think of. Ficus benjamina. I can give you all the Latin names. You don't know what they are often. But, but it's just all that, you know... Um, just even things like philodendron you'd know you know they're, they're climbers they're, it takes a little bit of work to get them to, to to look good all the time our goal was to make them have lots of leaves to be glossy and green and full that's what your goal was to produce the gardener in this story though he doesn't actually care what you look like get this he doesn't care he wants you to produce fruit in your life he doesn't care about the glossy leaves. He doesn't care if you're a bit tattered, a bit run down, a, a, a bit broken, you know, a bit, a bit brown. or, or it, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care about that. He cares about the fruit in our lives. And we need to know that. It's not about the show. It's not about the superficial. It's about the fruit that we produce in our lives. And here's the thought. You see, a gardener, a vine dresser in some uh, Bible versions, I wouldn't think would cut off a vine, cut off a branch of a vine that was down the ground. If it was down the ground and he came through and basically it was in the dirt, it was in the dust, it, it wasn't producing fruit, he, he wouldn't cut it off. He would be more likely to lift it up, to lift it up into the sun, into the light, to, to reattach it to the trellis, to actually care for it, to nurture it, so that it actually produces the fruit that it's meant to produce. Think about that, guys. That this, this, there's no judgment in this. He actually wants to lift you up in the places that you need lifting up in your lives. You see, while we're in the dirt and the dust and, and, and the dark, we're never going to produce the fruit that God wants us to produce, produce in our lives. But He wants... The Father wants to lift you up and me up out of the dirt, out of the dust, out of the darkness and lift us up and reattach us to, to his purpose for you and for me, to the trellis, to, to develop us to be all that we're meant to be, to, to actually start to produce the fruit that he wants us to produce. And it's a stunning thought and changes the way we read that, that, that little verse completely, completely. We can't live a fruitful life until and without being lifted up by God. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected. So the gardener takes time to bend over, to pick up the vine, the branch that needs to be picked up, to, to reattach it. He cares for you that much. He loves you that much. There's no judgment in that. He doesn't cut you off. He lifts you up. Verse 2, we continue. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. See, there's no fruit, some fruit, even more fruit. That's when we get fruitful, when we get pruned. You see, there's, there's branches on here that are, have got fruit on them, but guess what? 
they need to be pruned at some stage. We need to get pruning just to bring more light into the middle. If we don't have light in there, they won't continue to fruit. You need, you need the light in there. And sometimes some things that are fruitful even, we've got to cut off. So we cut off and we cut off and we cut off to let the light into where the fruit needs to happen. And, and you know, fruit being pruned is, is painful. It's painful. And, and sometimes we, we think, why is that happening in my life? Why, why do I need, why do I need that, that, that pruning? What, what's this all about? Why, why can't I just leave me alone, God? You know, just let me get on with things. Why? Because he wants to lift you up. He wants to let the light in. He wants to get you out of the dust and the dirt. And he wants you to be fruitful in your life. He wants to take you to the next level in God. He wants the fruit to be so evident in what you do every day. And what's our response? Don't, don't cut off that bit. That's nice and glossy. Don't, don't, don't touch that bit, God. Yeah, but it's not fruitful. It needs to be cut off. Oh, but that, that, what, leave me alone, please, God. Just, oh, you know, please, just, just leave that bit. Because look how nice and glossy that leave is. He says, no, no, no. You don't understand. You understand. You need to cut that off to be more fruitful. He doesn't care what you look like. He cares about the fruit that you're producing in your life. And while we are consumed on image and, and celebrity status and, 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 and being, you know, reputation, all this stuff, he says, I don't care about any of that. I want you to be fruitful. Church, I want you to be fruitful in your life. I want you to live a life that produces the fruit that we so, we so have the potential to. First thought, staying connected produces fruit. And here's the thing, church. This is why I, I, we can't push to produce fruit. We can't strive to produce fruit. You know, this plant go, can't go, oh, I'm going to really press hard and see if I can push out some more fruit. Because you know what that is? Just hemorrhoids or piles. You see, it's, it's, it's not fruit. It's not true fruit. I thought I could work that in there somewhere. It just See, you can't push. You can't be trying too hard to push out the fruit. See, the, the fruit that, that Jesus is mainly talking about here is love. He, he refers to that lots of you know, loving each other as, he, as he's loved us. And, and, but I actually think the fruit he was getting at is actually the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And, and th- there has to be this connection with the vine to get this fruit out in our lives. And, and I want to read you this verse out of Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice something. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruit. Each fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Each fruit is those. Not, oh, there's love and, oh, oh, there's a little bit of peace. You see, here's the point. We We can't have the fruit of love if we don't have joy. We can't have the fruit of joy if we don't have peace. 
We can't have the fruit of peace if we don't have patience. We can't have the fruit of patience if we don't have kindness. We can't have the fruit of kindness if we don't have faithfulness. We don't, you, see, you see what I'm saying? They're all connected. They are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit, one, singular, not plural, singular. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. We need every one of those. That's the fruit of that in our life. As we declare that in our, in, in our actions, the way we live our lives, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, gentleness, self-control has to be the fruit, not just, oh, I'm going to push out some love. No, no, you can't do it that way. Well, I'm going to try really hard to be joyful. Yeah, you can do that, but it's not going to work. The reason that you are fruitful is because you're joined to the vine. You are a branch and you are joined to the vine and the sustenance, the lifeblood, the, the, the fruit comes as a consequence of being joined to the vine. Our connection to the vine is absolutely the thing that produces fruit. That's the first thought. And I'm going to finish with this second thought, I think. Being disconnected produces nothing. You know, John 15:5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, I remain in you. You'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. John, next verse, verse 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burn. Not a good way to be a branch. Not a good time to be a branch in that situation. When we're not connected, when we're not connected, it produces nothing. What's happened? What happens when that happens? When we disconnect from the from the vine, we begin to look like people. Look at people and 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 church, and things of God. We find ourselves judging others, finding ourselves critical, dry, cynical, suspicious, fearful, anxious, in this disconnected state. You see, when you get disconnected from the vine it's not a clean cut it's not like a pruning there's damage there's damage and disease gets in where you are broken that where it's broken and here's the thing not only just breaks and there's damage it actually gets thrown away it's no longer useful it can't produce a branch by itself when disconnected from the vine no longer can produce fruit it's dead. It's done. And, and we, we just think, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm, I'm just going to pray anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, and we don't even think that way. We just allow ourselves to drift into this place of apathy. Oh, I don't really need church. You know, I've got a busy life, and I don't really need to, to connect with God, and I don't really need to, to, to be around those people because, you know, I'm doing good myself. And we'll see how long you do by yourself. See the fruit of your life. Let's see how much joy and love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control you actually do produce over time. I guarantee you start to wither and get dry and, and get cynical and critical and judgmental. All the things that come of being disconnected from the vine. Because the fruit of the vine is those things. To be disconnected means you disconnect from those things. Over 20 years of ministry, and I'm 
going to have to finish now. I'll ask the band to come. Over 20 years of ministry. So I was in business for a lot of years and, and didn't really understand very much of this. Still don't understand very much of anything, really. But in 20 years of ministry, I do understand one thing. When people get disconnected from the vine, anything's possible. Anything is possible. I'm telling you, anything is possible. If you're disconnected from the vine, how can I say this? Without any judgment. You are capable of anything. Let me put it that way. You are capable of anything. That's me. That's Chris. That's Robin. That's our worship leaders. That's our leaders. That's doesn't matter who you are. You disconnect from the vine. And I'm telling you, it goes wrong from that point forward. I've, I've heard and seen many people over the years. People have fallen for God. So much potential. So much God could have used in them and through them. Pastors, leaders. And, and something goes wrong and they disconnect from the vine. They might even keep going to church, but they disconnect from the vine. And you end up hearing about their marriage has failed. They've had an affair. There's been financial things they've done that's, that's completely wrong. And, and, and why were they disconnected? Maybe it's just because of a little offense sometime. Just, just breaking a relationship, just breaking the, the relationship with the vine, just stepping back, you know, selfishness, apathy, whatever it is. And their hearts go hard. They start living in a way that definitely doesn't honor God. They disregard, in fact, they disregard everything they ever once believed. The things they stood for, the things they preached, the people, the things they taught to people. They get connected to the false vine. They think it's about them. And Jesus so clearly tells us it's not. I came to serve, not to be served. I gave, I came to give my life for a ransom. I came for you, for me. You see, I am the vine. of these two scriptures. John 15, 10. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love. See, his command was love one another, love each other as I have loved you. you see, if he just said, I love each other, you go, oh, yeah, that's okay. I'm not very good at that, but I'll try. No, no, he says, no, love each other as I have loved you. He's set up the example. He's actually raised the bar for each one of us in that simple statement. Because I'm, I'm imperfect the way I love it. When I stay connected to the vine, guess what? I've got more chance of getting it right. And this last one, 15, um, John 15, 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. You know, um, John 13 says, the Jews, the Hebrews, had 600 laws they set up in the, in the Old Testament. You read about it. They came into the New Testament. Jesus came and said, you know, there's two commands. You know, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. And love each other, love your neighbor as yourself. 
John 13, he actually even brings, this is the time when he's with his disciples, he brings a new thought, a new command I give you, almost saying, don't even worry about that other stuff. This new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another as I have loved you. It's laying down our lives for each other. It's actually letting our, 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 our guard down, our walls down, to, to be authentic and honest and, and, and responsive and, and, and connected to the vine and, 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 and knowing that we are here for a purpose that's beyond ourselves, a bigger, higher purpose, that God has got a better purpose for us, a higher purpose, a, a fruit that He wants to produce in our lives that we never thought we could produce. I'm just an ugly little branch, God. Yeah, there's fruit that we can produce out of you. There's absolute fruit that we can that is abundant and overflowing and amazing and is going to bless people. Yeah, but I'm just a tiny little branch. I'm, I'm burnt and, 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 and ugly and small. Yeah, but I'm going to produce fruit out of you. Don't you believe the lie of the enemy? Don't you believe that lie? He's got more for each and every one. He's got a purpose beyond what we can understand. There's fruit that He's going to produce in your life that we can't even understand. See, fruit takes ages to produce. And sometimes He's doing the stuff in you right now through the pruning, through the stuff that's going on in you to produce the fruit that He wants to produce through you. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word. God, we thank you for the richness of your word, the, the, I don't know, just the, the, the beautiful things you, 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 you communicate with us, God. And, and God, we thank you for this time together as your church to worship you, to love you, to be with you. We thank you so much for, for the thought that you are the vine and we are the branches. God, please help us be a church that stays connected to you every day, every hour, every second every week, every month, every year, every decade. God, let us be that church. Let us let's be in unity, not because we're striving for unity, but because we are connected to the vine. And the consequence of the vine is the fruit. As we are connected to you, Jesus, the fruit of our lives will be obvious and that unity will just be a consequence of all the beautiful fruit you want to produce in each and every one of us. Father, there's just one other group here this morning. You know, maybe you've stepped away from God. Maybe you felt like you you got severed or maybe you feel like you got broken off and there's some damage there. You you know there's damage. When there's damage, the disease can get in. And and here this morning, I just want to allow you, while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, just an opportunity to get real with God, to get real with God and just say, feel this separation anymore. I don't want to feel this isolation anymore. And, and can we just bring the house lights down, guys? Just just while everyone's eyes closed and uh, just just between you and God, just, just be real with him and say, oh, I want to connect again, God. I want that connection to grow and deepen and strengthen. So I produce the fruits in my lives. I just want that fruit. That's you. Just, just stick your hand up. So, I don't know. Just there's an action always good. Good enough an action. There's a response. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. You all, don't, don't you want to step into the things God's got for you? Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.